Let's dig a little deeper into Daniel chapter 7. Uh, the purpose of these videos is simply to pick something up from the editing room floor, so to speak, uh, that didn't get fully explained in uh, in the sermon and just dig a little deeper on it. Uh, I want to pick up the reference to the Son of Man who rides upon the clouds because there we see the identity of the Messiah, Jesus. Uh, we know in the New Testament his name is Jesus. And we as Christians are people who uh, believe that he is both God and man. And that's just what uh, I see in Daniel chapter 7. I will say that this particular passage, Daniel 7, is really important in the thinking and in the life of Jesus. He teaches from it. Uh, he uh, references it. He kind of uh, lives his life with these themes and uses language from it. So let's start with Son of Man. Uh, the Son of Man is the one who comes from the earth. That is literally what it means, one from the earth. Uh, Ezekiel is the place in the Old Testament where it is found the most uh, unique relationship with God, uniquely used by God. And uh, this Son of Man reference. It's also the favorite title of Jesus for himself in the Gospels. I am the Son of Man, not because of Ezekiel, but because of Daniel chapter 7. I am the one from the earth who then will ride upon the clouds. What's so important about riding upon the clouds? Well, only God rides on the clouds. In Psalm 68 verse 4, it says we are to extol him who rides upon the clouds. In Psalm 104 verse 3, the Lord, Yahweh, makes the clouds his chariots. In Isaiah 19 verse 1, he is the one who rides, Yahweh rides a swift cloud for deliverance. On and on and on we could go. So <clears throat> this idea of being the son of man who rides upon the clouds shows both that he is human, but also divine since he, the cloud rider is God. So uh, how though did he accomplish the victory? How did he slay the beasts uh, from Daniel chapter seven? How did ultimately, even though they were terrifying and scary, how did he ultimately triumph? Paul um, takes some um, uh, time to meditate on this and uh, writes in different language, but the ideas are all there in Colossians chapter two, verses 13 to 15. Listen to what he says. And you who were dead in your trespasses in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Well, how did he forgive us all of our trespasses? By canceling the record of debt, which was against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. So on the one side of the ledger, you have the legal demands that God has for you uh, and for me. And on the other side, we have our grades and they're all F's, so to speak. And so we have this uh, uh, debt that we owe um, to God for our disobedience and our failing grades. So, uh, you know, when, when describing our, uh, our lives to him. So um, how did God then cancel this debt? Well, Jesus became sin for us and died in our place. And so in doing so, he is the one who paid the debt for us. So the son of man um, uh, slayed the beast, so to speak, uh, by becoming sin for us. He let all of the shame and pain and uh, ghastliness of all of that uh, be um, foisted upon himself there on the cross where he died. But that's not the end of the story. We don't just have a, uh, a Savior who died, but we have a Savior who rose again. And that this is the part of victory. Paul describes it in verse 15 like this. Uh, he disarmed, God disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them through him, through Jesus. Uh, what rulers and authorities is he talking about? In the Bible worldview, the biblical worldview, there are always spiritual powers at work behind any um, kind of uh, interaction, uh, any circumstances happening in the world. And so there's always spiritual forces at work. That's why 
um, this this kind of organized evil represented by the beasts in Daniel chapter 7. You have these spiritual forces that are at work behind there. So God uh, slays them. He, he wins in the end. How? By resurrecting Jesus uh, from the dead. He who took all of our sin and pain and shame and everything else that goes with it, all of the evil that we have committed in this world. Uh, he took it upon himself, died, but he rose again, being victorious over it. And ultimately, we see the Son of Man riding on the clouds. In Acts chapter 1, he is the one who, uh, after 40 days with his disciples, uh, goes out to the mount, and he is taken up in the clouds, it says, uh, where he is seated at the right hand of God forevermore. And um, he is, right now, according to Hebrews chapter 7, praying for us every day. He's praying for us, interceding for us. We, the saints who are experiencing this evil in the world, uh, he's not going to let it go on forever. He's praying that we uh, are faithful in the middle of it, and he's awaiting the order from his Father uh, to come get us. What a cool thing. He is the Son of Man, the cloud rider, the, the human one who is divine and the divine one who is human, and that is how we dig a little deeper.